Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And a good Saturday morning as we begin the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Always a pleasure to be joined by the man himself, Michael Lombardi, back home in New Jersey. Happy Saturday morning, Michael. Uh, I'm buzzing out here in Las Vegas because I literally couldn't sleep thinking about UFC 276 tonight. We're going to get into that with Thomas Gable <laughs> in hour number two. See how the books are handling that this morning. And Carl Johnson is going to join us uh, down south later on this hour to talk all things uh, U.S. UCLA and maybe even get into that hot dog eating contest a little bit. But Michael, I, I ended the show yesterday by teasing that you and I were going to start the conversation today in your neck of the woods. And, you know, it's always interesting to me. I was born in New York, lived there for the first 10 years. I really didn't get the whole like South Philly thing with New Jersey and kind of how the Eagles kind of go into Jersey a little bit, right? As their team. Before Not a you little. Get a lot. Not a little, David. Not a little. <laughs> they own it. I mean, I think what you have to understand if you're watching this up in Boston or in Chicago on Marquee or in Baltimore, you know, and we welcome all those audiences as we celebrate the 4th of July. But I, I, I think what you have to understand about the great state of New Jersey is it's really two states, right? Mm. So from Trenton South, it's all Philadelphia. Okay. From Trenton North, it's all New York. Okay. And so if you live north of Trenton, you're usually some form of a Yankee, Giant fan, Met, Met uh, you know, Jet fan. There's all sorts of that combination. Rarely do you see a Yankee Met fan. I mean, those two things, no. Yankee uh, Jet fan, those don't go together. But they might, you know, but everything North Jersey is is pretty much New York. Everything South Jersey is pretty much Philadelphia. And as I traveled into work today, I counted uh, at least 50 Eagle flags <laughs> hoisted uh, from the many homes here in the great great city of Ocean City. So they so they've already coronated this team, right? On this 2022, done it before. and they did it in They've 2011. It We've seen it before. They did it in 11. And what we're referring to is Miles Sanders. And look, I'm not getting on Miles Sanders for making this comment, Michael, but he did say, and I quote, We feel like we're on an all star team. We feel unstoppable. I'm not going to lie. Miles Sanders. Well, I mean, he certainly can feel unstoppable because they haven't practiced. You realize now, David, I don't know if you know this, but. 
the doctors, the team doctors of the Eagles informed Nick Sirianni that in order to stay healthy, let's just cut down. They've only had five practices this entire offseason. Mm. They've canceled the OTAs. They've canceled the minicamp. Like, they haven't practiced. And it was funny, this morning I was reading a quote by Peyton Manning, and he said that always the teams that I've been on, the best players practice the hardest. The, well, the Eagles don't want to practice. Mm. I mean, their doctors have informed the coaching staff that we're better off to stay healthy and to not practice. Okay, I get that. You know, however, football is a game requiring practice. It does. It's simple, but it does. It requires practice. It requires execution. It requires pad level. And there are going to be some injuries. You can't prevent them by not playing. And this is the mentality in Philly. See, what happened last year, so you understand this, and the audience does, the Eagles, for the first time, they didn't have a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. And so they felt like it was because they went to this new style of practice. When the Patriots went down there, uh, the Patriots didn't change their practice schedule, but the Eagles modified theirs. So they would have a red day, which meant that was very light. They would have a yellow day, which meant that they would go a little, maybe an hour. And then their green day, which was full go, was their hour and a half, and that was it. And so this whole methodology being done by the analytical department and the medical department is what is what drove the Eagles. Now, when you watch them play early in the season, watch Fletcher Cox, watch a lot of their – they weren't in very good condition. Right. In fact, when I went to practice uh, there that day, I, you could see they weren't in very good shape. Meanwhile, the Patriots are running gassers at the end of practice after their two-hour and 15-minute practice, and the Eagles are standing there watching them. The thing that, that fascinates me, Michael, and I know that I don't want this to come off as, you know, get off my lawn and old school football, but, you know, I remember the, very, the days very well. Say Marty Schott and I were back in Washington, D.C., running Oklahoma drills. I mean, we're talking yeah. early. And, and, you know, two days were just the norm. And now those have literally been outlawed by the NFL. I mean, down in Dallas, Mike McCarthy and company, they got fined for practicing too hard. We're talking about right yeah. now in 2022. So, Michael, as right. much as I want to kind of clown the, the, the new NFL a little bit, it's almost mandated by the league. So, I don't know. I get it because they extended the regular season now to 17 games. I think that they do believe exactly what you said, that there's a correlation to less practice equals less injuries. But it does lead to, to, to worse defense, at least early on in the year. So, I wonder how this is all going to affect teams defensively once the season goes on. Maybe they get their sea legs, to your point. And in midseason, the defense will start to catch up. But is, is this a design by the NFL to have more offense? Because when you can't practice and when you're not physical, your defense cannot be up to snuff like the offense can. Because the offense can do everything in shells and no pads. And they can run everything they want to run. It's hard to emulate that defensively. Well, it's hard to emulate great offensive line play, too, though, David. Yeah. I mean, that's the challenge, you know. And so, you, you know, you, you're only going to get one practice a week. I think they still have it at four. I think it's at 15, even with the 17-game season, of one live padded practice. And you've got to get good at not practicing in pads. When I first started in the league in 1984, you know, I, I was – awed by how Coach Walsh was able to practice his team very, very physically without many pads on. I mm. mean, it was he taught the team how to play and practice with pad level. I think what you see teams that decline as we hit the November month, we see teams decline because their pad level gets up. We see teams decline because they don't practice tackling. We've seen teams decline because they get further away from free, the, the, the actual practice of training camp. You know, the Eagles have taken a completely different approach. Now, you could say, well, they made the playoffs last year. Okay, great. They did. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Hats off to them. 
And I, I think they'll win 10 games this year. So for all the criticism that I'm going to, to, to lay <laughs> on them, I still think their schedule is so soft they're going to. But when you analyze what they did last year to finish the season 9-9 nine and nine, counting the playoff loss, they didn't beat anybody. They right. did not beat one quality team. They played against six good quarterbacks if you count Brady twice. And the ball was only on the ground in those six games 36 times. Oof. Their defense only allowed 36 incompletions in those six games. Now, you know, it's great. You know, you beat, you know, the Raiders beat them 33-22. Right. I mean, the Raiders put 442 yards on them with no problem. I mean, there were games where the Eagles actually won the turnover takeaway advantage and they didn't win the game. So for for that situation, you know, as you raise your level of play, you've got to be able to match it come playoff time. This is one of my biggest pet peeves is most coaches think their their job is to get the team ready for just the regular season. But your job really is to get your team ready for the regular and postseason. And I'm not sure the Eagles are a postseason team. I think they were the Utah Jazz before they traded Rudy Gobert, a really good regular season team that once playoff comes around, because of their quarterback Jalen Hurts and his inability to throw the football, they're not going to be a great postseason team. It sounds a little bit like you're describing last year's Green Bay Packers as well. Great regular season team, then one and done in the postseason. You mentioned this year you think they're a 10-win team. The over-under right now is set at 9.5, uh, minus $1.15 if you want to take the over 9.5. I, mean, I mean, it's hard to find nine losses. I mean, they open up really. Okay, I mean, they open up in Detroit. Last year they beat Detroit 44-6. to mm-hmm. I mean, they go to the Minnesota comes into Philly at the link, opening day at the link. Be a hard game. That'll be a back-and-forth game. We're really going to get an idea about Jonathan Gannon's defense, about where he is, how he's adapted his defense. I mean, early in the year last year, I mean, we we saw Dallas just move the ball up and down the field. The Chiefs put 471 yards (laughs) on them. The Raiders put 442. I mean, the Chargers put 445. I mean, whenever they played against a good quarterback, they couldn't stop them. So that's going to be a hard game. They go down to to Washington to play the Commanders and the great Carson Wentz, his left-handed throwing ability. We'll see it then. So, you know, and then we come back and play the Jags and the Doug Peterson game. Doug Peterson comes back to Revenge see his game. statue. Yes, and he can he can take a picture in front of his statue <laughs> as a visiting coach. So, I mean, it's kind of an easy schedule to start the season. It is. Uh, I love that with the, the Doug Peterson and the Philly special and the, I believe Bud Lights who did that statue there. Uh, Dave, for... you cannot go into a bar in the Philadelphia area without seeing the Philly special <laughs> drawn on some of the wall. You just can't. I mean, it's going to live in infamy. And, and I guess it should, right? Because it helped them win that Super Bowl. And, and, and Doug it Peterson did. should get full credit for that with Nick Foles. Uh, or and, or and that... actually, Nick Foles actually said, let's run Philly special. Why not? You know? So maybe the statue should be for Nick Foles. Uh, but no. Well, he's got one too. Don't get me right. He's the only guy who doesn't have a starting job who's got a statue. I mean, that's hard to find. <laughs> Well, when you finally, you finally win one Super Bowl, which the Eagles finally do have, that's the, the one and only one they have, uh, I, I guess you're going to get those statues. I want to get into uh, deeper, certainly, uh, when you look at the division odds. And this has changed a lot, Michael. And we're going to talk a little bit more uh, in detail about the Eagles as we go on with this show. Because I felt like before the draft, the Cowboys were still the favorite to win the division. The Cowboys are still the favorite, by the way, to win the division. But nobody's repeated as divisional champions in the NFC since 2003. 
and it's now 2022. Now, I don't know if that's just an anomaly, but that is two decades, Michael. And then you look at the Eagles now. They feel like the chic pick at plus $1.90 could have got a better price tag before the draft. And I think that's because people like what the Eagles did in the draft. And then the A.J. Brown trade happened, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I know I didn't see that coming on draft day. So uh, very quickly, we got more time after the break as well. But, Michael, when you look at that trend for teams not to win the East, if it's not Dallas to repeat and it hasn't happened in two decades, does it have to be the Philadelphia Eagles or could there be a surprise from the commanders and or G-men? Well, I, I can't see it on the G-men. I really can't. I, I'm not buying into Daniel Jones. I mean, if Carson Wentz turns into the 2017 version of Carson Wentz, which we haven't seen in five years, mm-hmm. I mean, since his, since his quarterback touchdown run against the Rams when he injured that <laughs> knee, he's not been the same player. He really hasn't. Right. You know, and I was a huge fan. I thought he should have won the MVP then. And I was buying into Wentz until I watched him. Each year, he just seems to be able to have a disconnect with his team and a disconnect with protecting the football with his insistence on throwing it left-handed, especially when it comes crunch time. I mean, he's truly the Ricky Fowler of the NFL, and we can talk after the break. I was just say this. I hope Wes Reynolds is not listening right now because if he hears you mention Carson Wentz with the left-handed pass against Tennessee, Wes is not sleeping well right now on a Saturday morning. <laughs> I can tell you that. All right, Michael, let's get, let's do a deeper dive on those Eagles and the NFC East when you come back with us. Just getting it started. It's the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. today's top horse racing plays from Express Bet analyst Jeff Siegel, both from Churchill Downs. In the fourth race, Jeff likes number three, Dreamlot, at five to one. And in the seventh race at Churchill, Jeff has number eight, Kucher, at five to one. You can wager on these races and more at First Bet, the preferred horse racing app of VEASAN. If you sign up today using the code VEGAS22, you're going to get $100 in free bets. So go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details on this exclusive offer for VEASAN fans. That's VEASAN.com Slash horses. 
Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, talking all things NFC East to kick off this show today on a Saturday morning. And, Michael, I said to our producer, Stephen Bond, in the break, I look up at the NFL Network because we got all the monitors on here at South Point, and I said, I might cry because I look up and I see Tom Landry uh, talking to a rookie, Troy Aikman, and then they show Gil Brandt. And as a, you know, a long-time Cowboy fan, it just feels good to relive those glory days. And I go, wait a minute. Aren't the glory days supposed to be now? But everybody's telling me the Eagles are going to be maybe the team to beat here in 2022. And, you know, I look at – I know you like the Eagles draft. And, and I, this is why the number has moved dramatically to where the Cowboys were the small favorite to win the East at minus $1.25. And now they're plus money because the Eagles have been shorted. Jordan Davis is a huge human being. What, he goes about 6'6", six, six, uh, 325. Michael is going to clog up the middle uh, for the Eagles. That's kind of an old-school D-tackle uh, that you don't see a lot anymore. And then they get A.J. Brown on the draft day trade. Is that the reason why to you that people are just enamored, and they should be, I think, with what Nick Sirianni and what the front office did in the offseason to fortify the defense that you said was really a problem late in the year last year? Well, I think the defense certainly it got fortified, especially when you break down. They also get the kid Dean from Georgia in the third round. Yeah. And people were worried about his bicep and whether he can play. You know, their linebacking play last year was not very good. But I, I think a lot of the Eagle luster love and, and, and the fatuation is really stemmed to their scheduling. I mean, last year they played a soft schedule. They won nine games, lost nine. You know, and this year they have a very soft schedule. I mean, you know, when you look at a schedule as a better – as a handicapper and not as a fan, you have to evaluate how many good quarterbacks do you play against? Yes. And what are your records against those quarterbacks? Because that's the true test of, of your talent of your team. When you go play the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the, the Aaron Rodgers, and you beat them, you're a good team. You just don't beat them. You just don't beat them with luck, right? Right. And so when you line up the quarterback, so Kirk Cousins is going to be a tough one, right? We don't know about Trevor Lawrence. You know, the, the Kyler Murray, we'll see where that goes. Prescott's one of the, you know, really good. Steelers, mm-hmm. no quarterback. Texans, Davis Mills, okay. You know, the Colts, they got Matt Ryan better. Now you got Matt Ryan and you got Aaron Rodgers, okay. You know, Ryan Tannehill. Now you got the Giants, Bears, Cowboys against Saints, Giants. That's pretty easy to end the season. There's no quarterbacks there. So I think that's one of the reasons why the handicappers and, and the betting public is on the Eagles on the over number because of that. They don't face that murderous row of like the Denver Broncos who see Mahomes twice, who see Derek Carr twice, who sees Justin Herbert twice. You don't see that. So I, I think this is why, and I think the and, and of course naturally, here in Philadelphia, an inch goes a mile, and so when there's a little bit of love, it's going to go a long way. I mean, you know, it it just is the way it, you know. It's just kind of the enthusiasm here, it, it, it carries over often into the next the next thing, and and people all of a sudden go from not being just good. I mean, they've forgotten they were behind thirty-one to nothing, right, in the third quarter of that playoff game. It's just it has been completely forgotten, completely I, forgotten that they weren't even in that game. That's amazing to me. Cause you know, I think of Philadelphia and I affectionately call it the city of brotherly shove. And that like, I think of, you know, beaning Santa Claus. And I, I think of like, you know, the fans always being negative and to hear that they're up 
about this football team, even as, as disastrous an ending as it was last year. I guess, Michael, that's Nick Sirianni, year number one after the disastrous press conference. They go all the way to the postseason. Right now they're 12-1 to to win the NFC, uh, only, you know, plus ninety to win the East. I think that's a fair bet. I'm with you on the over. I think that's the only way you can play it. I've said it on this network. The reason why I like the over, Michael, is I look at the rest of the division – and if Daniel Jones is the best they have in New York, good luck. If Dak Prescott gets hurt in Dallas, well, okay, Cooper Rush was good in the short term last year, but I don't think you want to try that long term. And I look at the Eagles. If Jalen Hurts isn't the answer, Gardner Minshew is a guy that can go in there and probably pick up the pieces, and you don't lose that much if he comes in. I actually like Jalen Hurts. I think this could be – obviously, it's a prove-it year for him. Does it all come down to Jalen? Because I like the, the body of the roster of the 53 – uh, maybe a little bit more than some after the draft and certainly after the trade of A.J. Brown. Well, I, I think it does all come down to Jalen Hurts. The concern is, can he throw the football? He hasn't demonstrated that in his entire career. He, just being fair, he hasn't demonstrated. I mean, they were 32nd in passing attempts last season, right? You know, he didn't throw the ball when you have to throw the ball. The key to being successful, the key to being a great team, is you can throw the football when the other team knows you have to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. You can run the ball when the other team knows you have to run the ball. And, and Hertz is not an instinctively timed passer. He is a rhythmic thrower. He has to run play-action pass, hard play-action, or RPOs. And this is why they made the move for A.J. Brown, because A.J. Brown can run short routes and then yards after the catch. This is where they're hoping to get their offense. It's no different than signing Tyreek Hill in Miami. That Many people think they signed Tyreek Hill to give him the vertical outside passing game. Well, he'll be waiting for that ball to get to him from Tua. I mean, he's going to have to fair catch it <laughs> if it gets there. But what Tyreek Hill can do is catch a slant and turn it into a six-yard gain into a 60-yard touchdown. And A.J. Brown can break tackles and he can make plays when he's in a crowd because he's always in a crowd. He's got great balance, he's got great hands, and he's hard to tackle. When you go play A.J. Brown, you don't ask yourself, can I cover him first? You ask yourself the question, can I tackle him? That's the hard thing to do with A.J. And if Her- and Hurts can throw these RPOs. So I give the Eagles credit for matching the receiver to the quarterback. But at some point, you have to have a drop-back pass game. At some point in a game, you're going to have to get convert a third and eight to keep the ball or to continue a drive. And can he do that? I don't know. I don't see it. It has never happened yet. I mean, his quarterback, he's not a top-20 quarterback. Right. What team makes a long run into the playoffs without a top-20 quarterback? Well, you could say the, the, the Baltimore Ravens won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and he wasn't a top-20 quarterback. Okay, uh, year I, he, But he did that I'm not year. Sure he, I'm not sure he wasn't a top-20 right. quarterback that year, David. Right? right? I mean, you would agree with that. Absolutely. And their defense is much better than Philly's defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Again, it's you're really historically you're hard pressed to find a Super Bowl winning team. That's why 28 to one. I know the number seems like it's enticing there because I do think they're a live player uh, to win the East, and I do think a long shot at 12 to one to win the division is not necessarily but, throwing away but your let's money. Let's circle back to why, why is everybody so down on Dallas, right? So yeah. I think that's a fair question to ask. I mean, if no you're doubt. a Cowboy fan. And why is everybody so down on Dallas? And is it because Amari Cooper left? Look, well, you, let's be you clear about off, Amari Cooper. You walked me off the ledge on Amari Cooper, Michael. Seriously, because I went, wait, they're going to give away Amari Cooper for a six-round pick. But you made the point. For a guy that maybe doesn't want to be there all the time, maybe his first love isn't football, to pay him $20 million guaranteed going forward, the Cowboys just couldn't pick up that price tag. Well, I, and add the other thing. The Cowboys finally figured out he hates cold weather. Right. I mean, he doesn't want to play in cold weather. He takes himself out of the game in cold weather. That's right. 
Now he's going to Cleveland, and I'm sure he knows that, you know, they, they, they have a lot of margaritas in, in, in November, <laughs> and they have sunny days in Cleveland. And Lake Erie is delightful it's beautiful this in, time of in year. November. I mean, it's so tropical <laughs> there in, 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 in November. It's really one of the most magnificent vacation spots you can go to in November, December. It's brilliant. It really is. And I'm sure Amari's going to enjoy it. He'll be right next to that heater the entire time. So I didn't see Amari as a losing cause because, you know, I, I think that with if Gallup can be healthy and C.D. Lamb and look, whether James Washington or Noah Brown give him some element, you know, Dalton Schultz is still going to be the guy to throw the ball to. So I, I think they'll be, you know, this is a good team. Now, I think losing Randy Gregory the way he played yeah. last year was really ho- tough. Now, they got to hope Fowler can do that. Now, you know, you know that Dan Quinn stood on the table to bring Fowler in there. He had him in Atlanta with him. Mm-hmm. He, I'll get him to play. I'll get him to make make more plays. Sam Williams, the kid they drafted in the second round, has got to come through for them. But to me, I, I think when you look, look at the Cowboys, the only concern I have is at the end of the year, this defense wasn't as good as it was earlier in the year. I'm right there with you. I think, you know, the Cowboys win totals come down, and certainly with the Eagle love coming up, that total you've seen around 10.5. I've seen some 10s out there in the market as well, which which is intriguing to me, but it really does come down to Dak's health. I don't question Dak's ability. I question his health now, Michael, because this is two years in a row that, you know what I like to say, you know, when he's super Dak, the Cowboys are tough to beat. When he's average Dak or injured Dak, they're very easy to beat. So, to me, that running game is predicated on it. It feels like if if Dak's not there for play action – you know, you take away that element, and all of a sudden they stuff 21, who I think is the highest paid fullback in the NFL, you know, right now in Ezekiel Elliott. Let's see if Zeke's in shape this year, too. There are a lot of question marks there. In the offensive line, as, as much as it's been a stalwart through the years, they're getting banged up and they're getting older, too, with Tyron Smith and that knee injury. You got to hope that that O-line stays healthy. They draft the kid out of Tulsa in the first round. I'm just hoping, Michael, that all things are that go well, this is easily a 10-win football team or 11-win, but there are a lot of things that could go wrong. Well, you hit it. We'll hit it back on the break. We got Carl. But but I think that offensive line is the reason they lost to San Francisco. Connor Williams couldn't block him. He couldn't block him. He killed him. They, that's why they draft Tyler Smith. And Tyrod Smith can't stay healthy. No. They're not getting 17 games out of Tyrod Smith. I'm with you on that. We're going to uh, finish breaking down the NFC East when you come back with us right here in the Lombardi on Avisa, the Sports Betting Network. The Lombardi line here on VEASAN. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. He is in New Jersey. I am here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Going to have Carl Johnson join us next from Biloxi, Mississippi in the next block. Can't wait to talk to Carl. And I was just talking with Steven, and he said that you'd really like to do a show down there in Biloxi with Carl. And I think that'd be a great idea. I mean, I know Patrick has got seniority in the show, but they should send you guys down there, Michael. That'd be a fantastic remote. Michael Lombardi Carl Johnson at the Biloxi in Mississippi. I know I'm watching that show. Well, I, I would love to go spend some time with the great Carl Johnson, bring our boy Bill Berman down there, Patrick, uh, and, and the great Stephen Bond, there too. But I'm afraid we might gain 50 pounds by the time we leave town. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm afraid we might be we might be rolling us back here to New Jersey. I mean, every time I turn around, my man's got something else cooking up down there. And, and, and you know the thing about Carl? He's a little, you know, he can span the globe. Like, he's just not like, I mean, I'm a little locked in on certain food groups. Carl can go in any direction he needs to go to to find it so 
it's pretty impressive. But look, BetMGM's been a great host of our show. They've been a great sponsor to our show. And that they tell me that that's an incredible venue down there mm. in Biloxi, as it is, in, as it is with, with Thomas Gable at the Borgata here in Atlantic City. So we appreciate BetMGM tremendously. Absolutely. We'll find out what Carl is cooking uh, in the next segment coming up because you know he's got something going for this holiday weekend. Uh, let's get back to the NFC East. You know, a couple of people on our, on our network that I really respect and love listening to, that'd be Tim Murray and Sean King Knightley here in the nightcap on VEASAN. And I know those guys, they like the commanders this year because we've been talking a lot about the NFC East. <laughs> and obviously the Cowboys are the favorite, but it is plus money. The Eagles are kind of the chic pick right now at about a plus $1.90 out there. The commanders at 5-1. to one. Now, I'm trying to get there with those guys, and I'm trying to be as objective as possible. I have a hard time with you. <laughs> as a guy who covered that team for almost two decades. And I go – Clearly, it's not just me because they haven't won since I left in 2013. And, and I look at it and I go, okay, well, Carson. I mean, look, 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 David, when did, they, they haven't won since this guy's owned the team. They're 151, 212, and three since the Schneider's owned the team. I mean, they've only been to, I think, the playoffs six times. I mean, they've never really advanced. I mean, he's taken a franchise that had banners oh, hanging. Oh, boy. And, and, and you can't find the banners. So, like, and, and I'll say this that to – to finish this, to me, why I think both of us can't get behind it is one of the untold secrets of the NFL is, and I think he's a wonderful man. I think, I think Ron Rivera is a great human being. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this as an attack on his character, but he's had three winning seasons as a head coach in 11 years. You can't deny this, right? right? He's not been above 500, eight out of 11 seasons. Now he went 15 and one, one year, which is remarkable. Great year. Okay. But in that year, in that year, he challenged calls on the field 17 times, and he won 10. Now, if he doesn't win those 10 challenges, does he win 15 games? I don't know. But he had the great Cameron Newton, as my grandson Boy. Dino calls him, the Cameron Newton, you know. And Cameron <laughs> was playing really good then. MVP. And he was so, the MVP of the league. Yeah. And so, like, what's the formula? When Ron has won three times in those 11 seasons, he's had Cameron Newton play great. And that's the thing. Can Carson Wentz, you know, we talk about it with Dak. He's got to stay healthy in, in uh, Dallas. And certainly Jalen Hurts has got to have that breakthrough year in Philadelphia for those teams to, to achieve what they think they can. It really does kind of come down to Carson Wentz. And, look, I get it. You know, I, I heard the way that people were talking about the upgrade over Taylor Heineke. I thought, boy, they're just burying Taylor Heineke. And I'm not, you know, sitting here saying Taylor Heineke should be the guy. But if this is, like – this is supposed to be to the next level with Carson Wentz. I, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I love the fact as a Cowboy fan, he's back in the NFC East. That, like, makes my day. Yeah. I'm glad he's back. I, you you want to play against Carson Wentz right now. So, can he? The way he is, yeah. Yeah, can you can you figure no it out with that guy? Because if Frank Reich couldn't I, I do it in Indy, I don't know how you do it in I, D.C. I, I can't. And to me, if I'm in Washington, I'm saying when I traded for this guy, what does Frank Wright know that I don't know about him? Because Frank Wright has gone on the table. He's gone to the mattresses twice to get quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. He wanted Phillip Rivers in the worst way. And Chris Ballard, his general manager, said, no problem. I'll get you, Chris. I'll get you. We got him. For one year, we'll get him. And then he retired. And then he went to the mattresses again and cost you a first-round pick. And they felt so indifferent to Wentz after the season. Right. That it was – that it was universal. It wasn't just Jim Irsay not liking the player. It was universally within the building. They knew they had to get rid of him. They He was creating a toxic environment within their building. And if Frank Wright can't handle him, who loves him, 
then what makes me believe that Ron Rivera and Scott Turner can? This is where I have a problem being like Sean and Tim getting behind Washington. I have a real problem there. Now, the law of averages say that, you know, once every three years or four years, Ron Rivera has a good year. Well, now he's due for it. I know he made the playoffs two years ago, but that does it really count? Does it really count when you go seven and nine and make the playoffs? I mean, seriously. <laughs> We'd like to forget that, that year. Yeah, that year was just yeah. abom- an abomination in the NFC East. I, I mean, so I, I want to see, you know, now I think they're weaker in the offensive line. I mean, they just signed Terry McLaurin to a huge contract, right? And I think Terry McLaurin's a really good player. But he has one of the lowest percentage of catches on balls thrown to him of any receiver in the National Football League. It's not his fault. But think about that. What we don't talk enough about is the percent of catches of balls thrown to you. For example, Hunter Renfro at the, uh, at the Las Vegas Raiders led the National Football League in 82% that when the ball was thrown to him, wow. he caught it. 82% of the time. Whew. Meanwhile, McLaurin's at 51% of the time. I, those are so astounding numbers. You, the astounding yeah, numbers. You, so, look, and I'm not saying – and this is not always on the receiver – this is more on the quarterback, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and so, okay, you say, well, you know, he got a better quarterback this year. No, timeout. If you go through the Indianapolis Colts team last season, if you just study their team and go through their, their team and you look at their receiving and you look at their catch radius, there's not one player that played outside receiver that had above a that had a, had above a sixty percent. A Michael Pittman above set. Michael Pittman caught sixty eight point two percent of the balls. That's not good enough. Mm. That's the only guy. And he, he was targeted 129 times. He had 88 catches. So Wentz has a hard time getting you the ball. And, and Wentz I, has a hard time getting you the ball. Yeah, and I look at it too, Michael. And, again, we all know what's going on in Washington, D.C. with the owner, the embattled owner, Dan Snyder. And, you know, we talk about a lot about, about, about atmosphere. And some people go, well, in the handicap, I'm going to block that out and just look at the 53. You really can't block that out in D.C. There, it's a toxic culture up there right now as well. And I, I do think sometimes as much as the players and the coaches want to block it out, they hear it too. So it, it really is hard for me to get behind this team to rebound and win the NFC East at 5-1. to one. The Giants are the other team that I look at and I go, okay, I'm not – Huge on Danny Dimes. But, you know, I do like Brian Dable, and I do like what they've tried to do now in the front office. So I understand, Michael, a little bit, while people might be taking a a dart throw in this team and saying, all right, can Dable go do with Danny Dimes what he did with Josh Allen in Buffalo? And 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 that's a really (laughs) tough ask, You can't draw that line. You can't draw that line. You cannot draw that line because Josh Allen is so more talented. I mean, Danny Dimes, when you really watch and study him, I mean, he struggles to play fast. He struggles on third down. He struggles to really protect the football. And I think when you really look at him and you see what he's done over his career, he's had 38. The best game he's played in his career, David, is when he came in off the bench against Tampa as a rookie. That was the best game he's had. He never gets the ball down the field. His average per attempt is at 6.3. That is remarkably bad. Remarkably bad. That's just not bad. That's remarkably bad. (laughs) And so he doesn't get the ball down the field, you know, and and he's not able to protect the football. He's had 37 fumbles in 38 games. It's one a game. 
the, the game, and look, I, I know it's been memed on social media, but the 2020 game against the Eagles in Philadelphia was running in for the touchdown, and the turf monster gets them. And by the way, they were held to a field goal on that drive, and they ended up losing by a field goal. So it's like those type of non Athletic winning plays for a quarterback that looks athletic. It looks like he yeah. should be Josh and Allen. He is athletic. Like he Let, should, he should be able to be. He is athletic, but he's just not big. He's not big like a Josh Allen, right? So you can't run him no, like Josh. No, he Allen. doesn't have that bulk, right? And he's and he's and he's not durable. I mean, you know, look, you know, he missed he you know he missed two games in twenty twenty. He missed a bunch of games last year. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. You know, but look, I mean, he's not had. If you want to make a case and defend him. He's not had the best coaching in the league, right? Jason Garrett's offense was atrocious. It was horrible. And, you know, Byron Dable will help that. Mike Kafka, the new offensive coordinator, will help that. The offensive line coach, Johnson, will help that too. I think they'll be better coached on offense. Will they have enough to be able to, to make a dent? I don't think so. I think their problems – look, this team has won 22 games in the last five years. And here's what's remarkable about the New York football giants is they're in cap hell. <laughs> So not only did they not win any games, they overpaid for every player on their team. Like, they've overpaid for every player on their team. You can't – you know, it's one thing to be bad. The Utah Jazz might be bad next year, but they'll have cap room. <laughs> they will. The Oklahoma City Thunder was bad last year, but they had tons of – it's one thing to be bad, but you can't be bad and overspend. Those two things get you fired. Absolutely. I'll tell you this. The other thing about this division, very quickly to put a capsule on it, Three of the four uh, quarterbacks might not be here next year. Jalen Hurts could be gone. That's Danny true. Dimes could be gone. That's true. And certainly Carson Wentz in D.C. All right, when we come true. back, we're going to go down to Biloxi, Mississippi, and join Carl Johnson. Come on back. It's Visa the Sports Betting Network. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Get in the octagon with BetMGM and you can win $200 for a $10 wager on the main event in Las Vegas tonight. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200. If the champ lands a punch in the fight, you're going to win $200 back in free bets. Simply download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the promo code VEASAN200. Bet $10 on the mega fight everybody's been waiting for. And if the champ lands a punch in the fight, you're going to claim a $200 payday. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Back here on the Lombardi line, and what a UFC 276 that should be tonight with two title bouts on the line tonight and, of course, Hall of Famers up and down that card. We'll talk about a little bit more about that in the second hour. But right now, it is time to bring in the pride of Biloxi, Mississippi. He is Carl Johnson, the Race and Sportsbook Director at Beau Rivage down in Mississippi. Carl, it's great to be joined by you and Michael today. I look forward to doing the show so I can talk to Michael, and then when you come on the show, it's just an added bonus. So happy Fourth of July weekend to you. And uh, let's start off right where we kind of Mike and I talked a little bit yesterday about college football and the chaos because I know you're down there in Biloxi and SEC country is this now an arms race that the SEC looks at the Big Ten and says okay we see your USC and your UCLA are they going to up the ante is this going to keep escalating wow yeah hey good morning to both of you guys good to talk to you Dave Uh, follow you on Twitter love you of course everybody knows I love the Godfather uh, we got the great Bill Berman behind me there. Uh, and so, look, uh, look, this college Well, football, let's take a second here. Carl, let's just take a second and explain what's going on behind <laughs> you there. So every year here in Ocean City, we have a 4th of July parade that starts at, uh, you know, we have three bridges that enter the town. And the one bridge called the Longport Bridge, that's where Bill and I, we live near that bridge. And so the parade starts at that bridge, obviously, Berman's you know, cuts the ribbon so we can start the parade. And and then he dresses, everybody dresses their bikes up and they all wear, they wear with the colors of our country to honor the 4th of July. And so that's where that picture comes from. And it and the bike parade goes right by my house. So that's unfortunately, awesome. I'm always here working, so I can't watch the parade. But, you know, he handles everything. So that's why we have that picture. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, look, I mean, this guy, both of these guys are just unbelievable they have a lot of fun. I mean, the, the, the housing cost in their neighborhood, just because they live in it and have so much fun, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be sky high. Uh, but look, uh, yeah, so this, this college football, uh, you know, look, I, I really believe that we're witnessing something here in our time. Uh, I mean, you're seeing either uh, a new star cluster born or you're seeing a black hole gobbling up sports as we know it. I mean, uh, you know, before this is all said and done, when USC and UCLA make their move, uh, you know, I think in 2024, uh, I mean, think about this. You're going to have 32 teams within the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, that's that's NFL. That's NFL stuff mm-hmm. there. That's You know, there's going to be a point in time where, you know, I think we're going to see where you stop calling these things conferences and they're going to become a league just like the NFL did. Uh, very interesting yeah. times. Uh, you know, they're, they are totally redefining Division One football as we know it. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, too, you know, uh, you know, USC and UCLA, they're, they're pulling out of uh, the Pac-12 there. You know, that, 
that's one of the biggest markets in the world where they live. And now they're going to be able to hang that Big Ten banner there. I mean, that's uh, that's hundreds of millions of dollars leaving that Pac-12. There's no doubt. But here's the problem, Carl. Even though they're in Los Angeles and it's one of the greatest markets, the, the UCLA Bruins don't draw anybody to their games. I mean, when they play SC, they do, but they typically don't. So nobody goes out to Pasadena to watch them. And this is all a reflection of the Pac-12 television network. I mean, they've really failed the teams in the Pac-12. There hasn't been enough money generated from that TV deal, like the Longhorn Network or like the Southeast Conference or even the ACC. I mean, this is a very difficult time. This is a great opportunity for the Big 12 to kind of reevaluate themselves. They lost Texas. They They've lost Oklahoma out of the Big 12, but now they can come back. I mean, Washington and Oregon are huge properties, huge properties yeah. with huge fan bases and a lot of money invested into their programs. Now, they can do that, or the Pac-12's got to bow their neck and figure out how they're going to do it. And it's all yeah. related to television. It's mm-hmm. it, like, Let me ask you this question, Carl. Do you ever show Pac-12 games? Do you, do you <laughs> subscribe to the Pac-12 network? You know, uh, we we just talked about this in, uh, the other night on the pod. Uh, uh, interesting enough, we do not have the Pac-12 network. Uh, wow. You know, and look, if you think about the time frame where we're at, uh, you know, we normally catch those games at, you know, anywhere from 9.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. So from the better standpoint, that's their last out. You know, if they're chasing for the day, it gives them a game where they can, you know, go all in on or try to get their money back, whatever they're going to do. But we don't have any call for it. You know, that time of the night, you know, we're cleared out. Nobody wants to see the Pac-12. It's very interesting scenario. But, no, we do not have the Pac-12 uh, package. You know, Carl, it's interesting to me, and again, something Mike and I talked a little bit about yesterday, too. You're down there in Biloxi, Mississippi. I have to assume that the betters down south, their eyes light up, saying a bowl matchup, when you would get a Pac-12 team against maybe an SEC team, and they go, well, that's the soft Pac-12, and they're going to play real football now against us. Will this toughen up? some of those quote-unquote softer teams now they go to the Big Ten, and maybe you won't get that betting advantage at the end of the year in a bowl game scenario. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, uh, uh, look, these teams are making their moves to these other conferences based on their recent play. I mean, you know, you're not going to have, you know, uh, I I guess if we were in a different time right now, the SEC wouldn't be looking to to recruit uh, Vanderbilt football. You know what I'm saying? They just wouldn't. So these teams that are going to be moving into these conferences, they're going to have to play. I mean, they're moving in with the big boys right now as we know it today. Um, so, you know, uh, look, it might create some some better action. I'll be honest with you. The last couple of years, the, the Saturday slates, you know, have been, uh, you know, a little bit disappointing. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we're an SEC country down here. So our, our games that we watched, you know, the people love, but, uh, you know, to be honest, the, the, the slate has been a little weak on Saturdays and maybe this will improve it. You know, I think if one thing I would do, if I were the PAC 12, I would try to get Gonzaga to come into the conference just in basketball alone. That would be my first move. And if you can get Gonzaga in there, you've enhanced your con- You've made the PAC 12 better right there. And then I would try to find a way to get maybe some of those other teams. Certainly, you got to get BYU in the Pac-12, right? You got to get yeah. BYU because BYU and Utah—that's a that's a that's a known rivalry. 
He might even try to get, you know, some other Big 12 team to come with you, Texas Tech, for example, which I doubt you could do that. But for me, I think those are the moves they've got to make. They, they're good in basketball, you know, and, and they're able to – but they need that marquee basketball. Mm. Well, losing UCLA Phew. in basketball is huge for them, yeah. and they got to get it back. Yeah. Michael, let me ask you a question. You know, like, like Notre Dame, Notre Dame plays – ACC basketball, but they're independent in football. You know, I was thinking about this. What happens, you know, with these schools moving around like this? Let's just say that you have a top echelon hockey program in the country and you come down to the SEC. Hell, they can't even spell hockey in the SEC. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. No, I hear so, you. But but Notre Dame's never given up their TV. Notre Dame is – they have their own network. They have the NBC network. They got Paul Burmeister and, and Doug Flutie doing their games. They're making all their revenue from that. And so they're never going into a conference in football. Why would they want to share that revenue unless it really meant that they were going to benefit from it? And I don't see how that could be. So Notre Dame's always going to be independent, but they can't do that in basketball, so they shifted right into the ACC, and now their athletic department is funded tremendously by the ACC basketball money and the NBC football money. This is, to me, Gonzaga's great opportunity, and if you're the Pac-12, you've got to go get Gonzaga, and Gonzaga needs to go because Gonzaga has proven that you can play tough opponents in November, but you're not really ready for March. You're right. not ready for March. That's spot on, gentlemen. We only have a minute to go, and I got to ask Carl right now, what's on the menu? Because we know what's on the menu at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all the hot dogs you can eat. Very quickly, Joey Chestnut, the over-under, 74-and-a-half. It's juice to yeah. the over, minus 140. In 10 minutes, can he eat 75 hot dogs, Carl? Yeah, I think he goes to 80. You know, he's been running a, he's been running a little tournament uh, to himself every six days with a cleanse. I mean, it's unbelievable the detail. But he went that, that line went from 73 and a half to 74 and a half, minus 140 on the over. Uh, I like him to go over. And very quickly, what's on the menu? Uh, we're going to do a Mississippi pot roast uh, tonight. And then uh, to Monday, we're going to do uh, some bald crawfish. I know you guys don't eat that, but we're going to bog some crawfish and ball some shrimp. Speaking of entertaining followers, Michael, it's Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. He's fantastic. Carl, he covers the globe. He spans the globe for you. He absolutely does. Happy Fourth of July weekend to you, sir. Really a pleasure Thanks, to Carl. have you back on the show. Come Take on care. back. It's the Lombardi on on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 